I still have the respect and I owe them what I have right now. Because without them, I won't do any freelancing at all. It's all of them, not just with the clients. Because of them, I met a lot of clients in Australia. I met a lot of colleagues. And I learned this, especially the SMSF. I owe them because they provided salary that I fed for my family. You're listening to Australia's podcast for accountants, Tax Talks, the podcast to grow your firm. Welcome to episode 360 of Tax Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. So far, we have spoken a lot about overseas accountants. So today, let's speak with one. Somebody who worked for a labor hire agency in the Philippines for several years and then left to set up her own business to provide accounting services to Australian accountants. We will only refer to the labor hire agency as the agency to keep things simple. It is a well-known agency you probably have heard of, but better not to mention any names. And just one geographic detail. Luzon is the main island of the Philippines where you find Manila, the capital, and then about 100 kilometers north of Manila is Clark. Clark has an international airport and so makes it very accessible for you. So you could fly directly from Australia to Clark if you wanted to, meet with your staff and then fly back on the same day if, you know, time is short. Clark is a former US military base that has been converted to a very popular center for labor hire agencies as well as BPOs. BPO is a term you often hear around Clark. BPO stands for Business Process Outsourcing. BPO, Business Process Outsourcing. And that is how it all started. At the beginning, there was just the BPO model, but then labor hire agencies came into the game a few years after that. And so you find BPO centers scattered around the Philippines. The most important ones are Clark and then also Cebu. And you also have some special zones within Manila. And then just one other thing. The speaker mentions gypneys around the 33-minute mark. If you have been to the Philippines, you know what gypneys are because you can't miss them. There are over 600,000 of them around. They started with military jeeps left over from the Second World War and are now very colorfully decorated minibuses that can get very crowded. A lot of staff working in labor hire agencies travel up to two hours each day, each way in these jeepneys to get to the agencies. It is a common mode of transport in the Philippines and of course can be an issue in the times of COVID. And then one more thing, the speaker mentions Upwork. We will discuss Upwork a lot more in episode 363 when we discuss how you can set up your own team. But for now, just note that Upwork is a very popular online job platform, probably the market leader of online job platforms for freelancers. And it is on Upwork that you can find overseas accountants, bookkeepers and a lot of other professional services. And when the speaker says six to eight dollars, that is US dollars per hour. But now let's cut over to your speaker and let her tell you her story directly. bachelor degree at one of the biggest university in central Luzon 
And I took BS Accounting Technology in there, wherein I graduated 2017. We had an opportunity to meet a lot of companies before we graduated so that we can pass our resume. They also let us to create a, a resume using the Jobs 180, wherein we can send it to different companies. And that agency went to our university. And that time, we learned that they are offering such as work-life balance, and they are offering um, those weekend offs. And at the same time, it's a unique one because mostly for four years, we all know that we are going to do Philippine accounting, Philippine tax. And then this agency came to us in our university telling us, hey, there is an opportunity here wherein you can work in Australian company, in New Zealand, in Canada. And that part, we are also nervous because what we learned during the four years is all about the Philippine taxes, something like that. It's all about the Philippine accounting. And then it came to the point that, oh, We're interested because they are offering salary. They are offering salary more than the local one. However, unfortunately, when I heard that agency, I did not pursue it yet because I know that I still need to, you know, have an experience locally so that I will know the process between working local here in the Philippines and working in international such as that agency. That agency is a company here in the Philippines. It's not that it's a third party related that uh, they are recruiting us, something like that. It's a company here in the Philippines wherein they are getting their clients in abroad, in Australia, in New Zealand, in Canada, so that they can outsource their work here in the Philippines. Because I know that they mentioned that they can save money because the salary here in the Philippines is inexpensive, then they can hire it in their local region. That agency was actively involved at your university. They act actively did information evenings or information settings where they alerted students to the opportunity yes correct they are also trying to like for example they are also trying to meet all the incoming graduates like for example if there will gonna be a graduates here and then they will come to the that school and then they will gonna offer what are all the jobs that they can hire such as bookkeeping such as admin something like that are they the most active or are there lots of companies that are active and you just happen to talk to this agency? It's very active when it comes to outsourcing, especially with the Australia accountants, because before we all know that when we said outsourcing, we just all knew that it's like call center. It's like a customer service, uh, like the Microsoft and etc. However, for this 2017 started, I learned that they are offering modern accounting. They're offering such as zero and something like that. And this agency is very active and very popular, not just in Clark, but Manila and Cebu. And they are, have a lot of buildings and offices. And I can't say that they are number one, but they are part of the top outsourcing industry here in the Philippines. Did you already, before you graduated, did you already have a job offer from them or did you graduate and then you did your final interviews? Unfortunately, I did not pursue this agency. I just worked locally before I graduated. Mostly, most of my jobs are in Philippine accounting and taxes. And then after that, that's when I took the offer. After six months, I moved to this agency and learned uh, a lot of outsourcing such as in zero, payroll in zero, and mostly SMSF. Why did you first go for a local company and not straight to the agency, given how active they were? It's because 
on part of 2017, it was not that famous before. We are still trying to work in a bank, in SGV locally in here, Deloitte, something like that. It is not yet that famous. So we are still nervous if we can do it. So, you know, when we graduated, it's something like, We are going to work in bank. We are going to work in this company. Something, something like that as my mindset. So I still work locally. And then when I heard it again, that my friend, hey, you want to work in here? It's really great in here. There's no overtime at all. And there is a weekends off that catches my attention and pass my resume again so that I can start working in an outsourcing industry. So then you changed to the agency and how was it different coming from an uh, coming from a Philippine workplace how was it different It's very different <laughs> I'm so sorry for my first job but it's really very different when it comes to work environment you have a lot of bookkeepers in the production er areas there are a lot of accountants there are a lot of people working in just one big space because before we are just in the finance department we're just five and then when I moved to this agency we we have a lot and there are a lot of clients you can you know you can talk to everyone around the production area that's one thing the second thing is the work time because before when I work in the Philippine country or the Philippine accounting I've been working as Monday to Saturday seven to four whole day so that's a little bit exhausting because instead of having rest during the weekends, I still work during Saturdays. That's the biggest part that catches my attention before that uh, when you work in this agency, you just only work Monday to Friday, seven to four Philippine time, and there's no overtime at all. And the third that catches my attention, the huge salary. <laughs> Because in the locally here in the Philippines, when you are just a fresh entry, they are just offering 10,000 to 13,000 Philippine peso. But when I moved to this agency, see, they offered me 27,000. That's 10,000 difference from my first job. So that's the reason that I started to work in an outsourcing industry. So when you started, you received 27,000 Philippine pesos. Let me just quickly translate that. So 27,000 Philippine pesos is $695 and that's per month, correct? Yeah, per month. And that's for the, you know, the entry level part without the experience. And then how quickly did it increase? For yearly, before I was assigned to a different SMSF audit firm for that first part. They have increased us yearly. And then for that, based on our performance, based on our evaluation. And then after that, I moved to one of the biggest clients of this agency. And from 27,000 in Philippine peso, I moved to 60,000. That's a big difference because I stayed for this client for two years. I've been working with this client for the bookkeeping and the SMSF audits. And then when I moved to different clients, I was focused with doing the tax returns for SMSF using class, using BGL. Yes, but if 27,000 PHP was already a big salary, then 60,000 per month must have been huge. Yeah, it's 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 really big huge because the good thing with this agency is they are trying to, you know, they are trying to be a have this compared your salary to the 
recent market so that you won't be able to look for another company and then look for a better job, look for a better salary. Instead of doing that, they're just trying to align your salary to the current market value here in the Philippines. And so you were on 27,000 and then by 2020 or 2021, you were on 60,000, correct? Actually, the, the real reason for that is I was trying to, you know, to complete all my requirements for master's degree and trying to look for uh, any certification that can enhance my edge. And, and that's when I negotiate with this new client that I had in this agency. So the initiative to increase your salary came from you? It was a negotiation, yes. So you did extra courses, you got some more diplomas, and then with those diplomas in hand or those certificates in hand, you went back to the agency and you said, can I please have a higher salary? And then, of course, agency would have spoken with the client because, of course, the agency just passes your salary on to the client. Correct. And also they, with this agency, because I've been with them for two years, they also check my performance. They also check all the details all, or the other prior reviews. That's why they considered also with that negotiation before they proceeded to the next client that they can hire me. And 60,000 PHP, was that quite unusual among your co-workers? So was everybody basically at all? that you were on such a high salary or was it quite common that people moved from 27,000 to 60,000 within two and a half years? Actually, uh, we didn't disclose each other's salary. So uh, unfortunately, I really don't know what's my colleague's salary and they did not even know what my salary is. So currently, I don't have any idea with the market, but with basing here in the Philippines, current market of the SMSF uh, is it's, it's something likely 50 to 80,000. 50 to 80,000. Yeah, that's the market I know for an experienced SMSF accountant. Okay, good. So your 60,000 wasn't that, was right in the middle, not even in the middle, was well within the ballpark. And that you don't talk about salaries, that is probably a rule that the agency sets, correct? Yes, and correct. It's because... We can don't have any confliction at all. Like, for example, we are doing the same job and then this one is much higher than me. And this one is something like lower than me, but we are doing the same job so that we can, you know, we can prevent any conflicts at all. We don't disclose salary to each other because even though we are doing the same job, so just to prevent any future conflictions between the, the colleagues, the teams, we don't usually disclose salary or any uh, special allowances, something like that because we have different credentials, we have different experiences, and we have different education backgrounds. So that's the thing that the company or the agency is looking when they are offering the salary. And while you are a good citizen and you didn't disclose your salary or you didn't talk about your salary, have you heard that other people are talking about their salary privately or you're not aware of that? Sometimes, of course, I am overheard some of it. And sometimes, of course, just to be honest, some of it are they are resigning due to salary increase also due to the like the competitors is offering higher salary than the current one, something like that. Yes, it's usual also, but uh, we tend not to because, you know, we are colleagues and we don't want to compare each other's salary. And 
yeah, as much as possible, we don't want to speak it that way because, of course, they will tell the management that, hey, this, hey, Danica's salary is much higher than I. We are just working the same with this client. We are just working with uh, the the same job description, something like that. So it may came to have a conflict on it. Coming back to your first months at the agency, you mentioned the large room where you're all together. Can you remember roughly how many people were in this one room? Was it 20? Was it 100? Was it 500? How big was this large space and how many people roughly were in it? I think for me, it was really big. The first time that I stepped my foot on this building, we are a lot of bookkeepers and accountants, admins, and etc. I think we are estimated for one production area is like 200 to 300 people. And within these two to 300 people, do you make friends with the people who are near you? Because I can imagine you're in long rows. Yeah. Is there a petition between different teams or even between different desks? Um, before, uh, what I experienced is all our teammates are on the same rows. Like, for example, if you are just two in your client, then you are sitting each other beside. And then the next one. So, yeah, we... I had a lot of friends, my teammates and other colleagues as well that we are seatmates and sometimes batch batch meet in school. We are working on the same agency, something like that. But but mostly it's just like a huge production area wherein all the clients are seating each other. Like for example, if we are under client E, we are here, client B, client C and everything and et cetera. Yeah. And what's the noise level like? Is it actually not too bad because everybody works quietly or is it quite noisy and you kind of take a little bit to adjust to it? I think the good thing with these employees here in this agency, they have the discipline. They have this professional attitude that they are respecting each other's boundary. Like, for example, we can have this conversation, but the good thing is that they are just whispering or sometimes they are chatting through Skype. They have the discipline to, you know, to respect each other because we are working simultaneously at the same time. So they intend to, you know, work silently, chatting through Skype. And sometimes they are whispering, but it's okay. But mostly it's not that loud and we can focus with our work because we still have walls. Partitions. Yeah, petitions for each tables. When you started, I think you did two weeks of training. Yes, we have these orientations. Before, I think, as far as I remember, when you are newly hired, they will orient you. First day, I think, the first orientation, as far as I remember, it's all about the company, the company's policy. The agency, you mean, the agency's policy. The dress code, everything all about the agency. Every, um, what should we wear, all the, like, for example, on... That you shouldn't discuss your salary. Clock in and clock out. And then for the second day, uh, as far as I remember, it's all about the clients. What is Australia? What is the GSC? What is BAS? All the technicals and fundamentals about the Australian, New Zealand, or Canada accounting related. And then after that, um, like, for example, if the client have this, uh, the client that was allocated to you was using zero they will also try to enroll you to a zero webinars and trainings during the period of one week 
And then the fourth and fifth day? Trainings, like for example, personal development trainings, leadership trainings, everything that they're going to prepare you before they will going to, you know, go to the client and send you to the client to start working. It's like, I think it's not a two weeks training, but one week training with orientation as well. Okay, and so what's the second week about? Mostly some, like for example, if you are already experienced, you're good to go with the second week too. They will going to endorse you to the client with the second week one. But if you are, you know, a fresh entry level, they will continue your trainings with zero, with a BGL, something like that. So if you are already experienced, then you just have one week of orientation. And if you are, if you're new, fresh out of university, then you get basically a second week software training. Yes. Now you start working with the client and how much training do you usually get from the client? Or you kind of learn on the job, you just kind of start working and it slowly gets more complicated? Before, when I started working with this agency, I have a lot of trainings, even though it's fundamental with accounting, there are also personal development trainings. And aside from that, when I started first, the client that was I was endorsed, it was, to be honest, it was a self study while working so basically we are searching everything like for example what are we going to do with this contribution uh, exit the cap something like that so we are doing it personally and then when i stopped three months and then i was endorsed with my next clients the good thing with my next client they are having us internal trainings on their end so they are teaching us with the smsf with the class software with the vgl softwares they also have a training with the new updates like for example during the 2022 updates the contributions cup will be 27500 so they giving us trainings internally and we are also receiving trainings externally to this agency Both, both of them are giving us trainings, whichever we need, whichever we need at every updates of the SMSF, or if there's any class updates also, they're also training us. That's all the internal part. And with the external part, as we are, we are receiving internal trainings with our clients, they're only providing us something like mental health, advocates training, leadership trainings, personal trainings, any internal any trainings that we can exercise, like for example, Excel, something like that. Coming back to the first client, I, I understand you were on, at this first client only for two weeks or two months? Two years. Oh, two years. You With the first client, you were for two years. Okay, good. And with this first client, you didn't receive any training. You basically had to do it yourself and work it out with Google. Yeah, it's correct. Before they provided, of course, the agency will provide you those basic trainings with the fundamentals and then all the external trainings will be should be to the client. However, during my first client, we basically, uh, you know, teaching each other, studying each other and then doing the audits by ourselves. And then, but uh, the good thing is my manager will review our work after that. So with the first client, when you were kind of left to your own devices, were you able to ask others at the agency? For that, we tend to reaching to our, you know, to our teammate instead of other teammates because 
we cannot disclose any financial documents to other people. Instead of uh, asking for an help to our colleagues, we ask for our teammates with the same clients. Like for example, I have a teammate with the same as I am, with the same client, with the same position. So we are asking each other instead of showing it to the other people who's working with with the agency so that we cannot disclose, we cannot provide them any details what we are working at because we still don't want any disclose any financials because that's client's privacy and we respect that. So instead of asking other people or other colleagues, we are asking our teammates. Okay, so you're only allowed to ask people for help who are working for the same client so when you are working for a large client that has a lot of team members with this agency then you probably can get help locally but if you are in a small team or you're by yourself you're the only one working for this client then of course you are by yourself are there managers from the agency who you can ask Mostly the managers are in Australia, but those seniors mostly are also our teammates and we can ask them also as long as we are on the same client we, because that agency, we're going to give you a client and that client will be your client. And then we have colleagues in there that we can ask. We have seniors that we can ask. However, with those different clients, we cannot disclose any financials so that we can, you know, we can remain uh, all the privacy that the clients has. So from what you're saying, I understand you can't ask the agency for technical help, correct? Mostly, yes. But with those softwares, like, for example, how to open this in class, it's okay as long as it's all related to any softwares, any IT related or any zero related. However, with it, when it comes to financial documents, if the, if we have any queries, like, for example, for SMSF, if if it is considered as in-house asset, look at look at this financial statements, look at this operating statements. We they didn't tell us that it's not possible, but we tend not to because as much as possible, we tend to, you know, doesn't disclose any documents to other people. So you are 300 people in this large space. How many people from the actual agency are there? I think as far as I know before we are 2,000 employees all over here in the Philippines and Australia because we have an offices here in Clark. I think we have three buildings in Clark, one in Manila and one in Cebu. So I think as much as I know, we are mostly 2,000 employees now or more than. What I meant was when you went into this large space that contained 300 people working, is there anybody who kind of walks through the aisles and see whether you are working? I assume that not. I assume most of the supervision is basically just the clocking on and clocking off and the rest is really done through the client, correct? The good thing with this agency is they are also hiring internally with their internal employees. Like, for example, this agency will hire an internal employees, sample like a manager locally. And this manager will going to be our manager here in the Philippines. 
he will gonna she will gonna be supervise us with our timing and clock out if we are have any absence if we have leave something like that so if we are going to take a leave if you're if you are sick we are going to message that and something like that and mostly like for example if we have problem with our performance they will gonna tell us and they can and they will communicate it with the client i can imagine those people are probably kind of in a separate hr department correct yeah they're not right there in that big space we have two departments the first department is what we call internal management and the second uh, department are the team members when it comes to internal they are all hired directly to this agency they are the hr they are the accountants it admin and etc managers and then we the team members are all the outsourced clients accountants admin so we are also be handled by the internal uh, such as the internal manager so that um like for example if we have problem with our client or if the client has a problem with us they will gonna tell this manager and then that manager will gonna explain it to us they will gonna ask us they gonna they will gonna um try to explain everything and like for example for the performance review the manager internally will send a performance review form to the client and that client will answer that form and then after that the client will gonna forward it to our manager and our manager locally all the manager internally will gonna explain that performance review to us so we still have this kind of internal management that they are handling us and also the clients Let's say somebody is working for an accounting practice in Australia and they don't actually have enough work and they don't tell the accounting practice that they don't have enough work and instead they just watch, for example, Netflix on their phone. Could that easily be done or is there somebody who basically has an eye on everybody or could you imagine that it could be done because there are petitions everywhere and the manager is kind of sitting in, in a separate HR area? Do you think it could be done or unlikely? For me, it's unlikely because uh, before when I experienced as working on site, we have a lot of CCTV. We have a lot of CCTVs, so they can see our screen, not visible for the financial, but they can see that if you are viewing Netflix, if you are viewing YouTube, and also we have IT, that they block us all the social media such as Facebook, Messenger, YouTube. I meant more on your own phone, because you can take your phones to the uh, workspace, correct? No, that's a pro that's uh, prohibited by the agency. We cannot bring our phone inside the production area unless it's required by the client. Okay. But mostly, like for example, for 100%, mostly like 80% of all the employees can't bring their phones. And then the 20% can, can bring their phones due to the authentication method due to uh, sometimes their clients calling in their WhatsApp, clients is uh, managing their social media, something like that. But the 80% of it or mostly more than that, we can't bring our phone on the production area. We have a locker, a secured locker, you know, where we can put our bags there, including our cell phone. The only thing that we can bring inside the production area is a tumbler, a ball pen, and papers. 
What is a tumbler? A water flask, correct? Yes, mm-hmm, a tumbler. Mm-hmm. Why did you leave the agency? I was newly wed this year, last March 2022. And to be honest, because we are trying to work abroad in Australia or Canada, if you are given a chance. So uh, I took rest because I've been working really hard before. They are also asking us to work on site again. And I can focus first with my freelancing also at the same time, because before I'm doing full-time plus freelance part-time. So it's really exhausting. I got the impression, but please correct me if I'm wrong. I got the impression that there were quite a lot of people who didn't go back to the agency office after they had been working from home. Is that correct? Mostly, yes, because I think to be honest, it's really okay to go on site. However, Due to the uh, gasoline increase, and at the same time, it's really not that safe. Uh, now it's a monkeypox and then COVID. And then some of the people don't have a private vehicle to, the go, to go to office. So we, we don't feel like we're safe. However, I know the agency is really, you know, a precaution. They are preparing with a lot of um, alcohol. They are all, they are disinfecting the office. However, going to office, it's really not safe. And aside from the um, gas increase, uh, we are only going to the office using the jeepney, where a lot of people are going there and sitting in the what we call jeepneys, like a small bus. <laughs> so yeah, they tend to resign if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So you have been freelancing for two years. So that means you have been freelancing while you were still working for the agency, correct? Yes, correct. I think, and I've heard this before, I think while everybody was working from home with the agency, there was a lot of work on the side through online job platforms. When you have spoken to other people, so not talking about yourself, but about other people, have you had the impression that a lot of people are doing freelancing on the side? And do you think a lot of that also was done during normal working hours? Or is this freelancing usually done after hours? What is your impression when you think about conversations you overheard? When the pandemic started, that's when I started working as a freelance part-time in Upwork. Mostly to in myself, I am working it after my working hours and using my personal computer as well. Because the personal equipment that the agency provided is solely for the clients for my full time. So I bought a laptop and then with that laptop, I am also doing my freelance after that, after working hours. Um... I have a lot of friends working freelancing as well. We have a lot here in the Philippines or in Clark that's working in Upwork as well. As far as I remember, they are working after working hours. And also they tend to, uh, the good thing with them is they are working in a coffee shop so that, you know, they can breathe in after work and then they are working with their personal, personal equipment also. With the salary, we can see each other's hourly rate because in Upwork it's visible so we know uh, how much is hourly rate and mostly most of us are the same like we started with six we started with eight dollars yeah and now most of them are still working in Upwork and I guess when you are working from home it's a lot easier to 
blur the two you know to be working for an agency client but also to be working for a freelancer yes correct. client I can imagine it's easier to fudge the two because I know that when I was looking for help for specific tasks or similar I know that I was talking to agency staff during normal work hours so that's why also why I ask about the phones so they were responding to messages on their phone via the job platforms why they were officially on the clock but different people do different things so some would only be doing freelancing after hours and with others it probably is blurred i've also heard of people who use the agency computer for freelancing work have you heard that as well um because i started working freelance at home i have not heard anything working inside that agency doing or using the company equipment but for me like for example if i'm on my lunch i'm on my break i can you know i can reply using our whatsapp or using any uh, such as steam skype something like that but mostly to be honest uh, a lot of my friends are working with freelancing as well they are using their equipment their personal equipment they are opening it at the same time they are opened with their their agency equipment but they they did not disclose to me directly that they are using it because sometimes when we are having or we are uh, hanging out we usually talks about how much did you earn this week how much did you uh, how how many clients do you have do you still have connects something like that or how can you do this how can you you know withdraw this in using paypal something like that that's the usual conversation but when we are hanging out we usually bring our personal laptop and i am seeing them using their personal laptop so i am quite unsure or if they if they are using the agency they are using the agency equipment but we tend to you know to invest i myself invested my personal laptop my personal ups my personal you know everything so that i also tend to before to um have my computer to be built it was uh you know it was a customized computer for me something like that no but fair enough even if you have your own personal laptop you could have both laptops open at the um, same time but of course all this only can be done while you're working from home when you're back in the agency the way you described it of course it's completely impossible to bring your personal laptop and to have both laptops open and to be working basically for two clients at the same time yes correct with your friends when they have freelance clients do they see these clients as temporary clients or have your friends been working with some freelance clients for quite a while It depends based on our, you know, hanging out together. There are clients that they become friends and they are been with them for how many years now, up until now. And they are clients that they can see it as temporary. Like, for example, mostly, uh, to be honest, there are rude clients as well that we have encountered. And mostly, of course, we tend not to work with them anymore. And most of our clients became our friends, friends on Messenger, friends on Facebook, something like that. There are long-term and short-term clients, but we also encountered some rude clients as well. Well, so yeah, mostly of them also gain clients with direct referrals. Like for example, if I've been working with this client and they tend to refer me with their other friends, something like that. 
I have two more questions for you. The first one is work-life balance. When I went to the Philippines, um, it's already quite a while ago, I think it was in 2015 or 16, the opinion was then, and of course it's a personal opinion of the person who showed us around, but the opinion was basically a lot of the people who are working in agencies are the sole breadwinner for quite large families. And so work-life balance doesn't really matter so much. It's really about career progression and salary but listening to you I get the impression that that has changed a lot especially among younger people probably that it's not so much just about bringing as much money home as possible but that it is also about work-life balance do you agree of course I'm also an eldest I'm also a breadwinner before before I started gaining a uh, experience before of course to be honest I work with salary and career growth before. I'm also an eldest. I'm also the provider here in our family and also breadwinner. I've been working even though there's no work-life balance. I've been working so that I can provide. But now when pandemic happens, I just realized that um, my health, like for example, I just realized that if I overwork, how can I work in the future if I'm sick? Yeah, so how many people were you supporting before the pandemic? How many people were you supporting? Before pandemic, my father is still working. And then I only provide a short money for that. I can just give them little allowances because my father is still working. And then when pandemic hits, that's when I started providing everything for my family. As in everything, like like uh, the tuition fee of my brother, food, utilities, any bills, groceries, everything. That's when I started, doesn't mind the work-life balance at all. I overwork. I work with the agency for full-time and I work four to five hours with uh, with my part-time. So during that time, during the first year, gaining some experiences with my freelancing, I forgot the work-life balance at all. I just want to have money, to have money to spend it with my family because if I don't work, we don't have anything to eat at all. Or even we can eat, but my brother won't go to school, something like that. So I don't have any choice, even though as much as possible, I want to rest, I want to take nap, I want to do exercise. I forgot everything. So I understand the point of view, those breadwinners that they tend to work more so that they can have more salary because I've been there during the pandemic. And then last year, mm-hmm. September, I was exhausted. I got sick. And then after that, I tried to lessen some work. When Australia goes to bed, you still have a few hours with the US, especially since you are two hours behind us. So the afternoon and late evening, you basically can then work with US clients. Is that correct? Personally, I did not work with US clients. I was focused with Australian clients. And your friends, when you speak about your friends, do a lot of them then have US freelance clients or is it still Australia? Uh, most, yeah, I have. Actually, it's half-half. Uh, half of my friends are in Australia and New Zealand clients and half of my friends are in in US clients. So mostly the side thing of the US is they can't do part-time during the evening because they are on a night shift. They can't work part-time during night because they are working with their full-time in the, during the night shift. And then, of course, you burn out very easily because you work the full Australian day and then you work another half US day. 
uh, I don't have any close friends uh, working with Australian and then working part-time during the night. So yeah, that's for sure. I don't have friends with that. I have friends working with the U.S. solely for the U.S. account. So my theory is not correct. My theory was that it would be a popular solution to work with Australian clients during Australian hours and then to change to U.S. clients. But of course, it's a different skill set you need when you work with U.S. clients. Hence, it tends to be that people either just have Australian or New Zealand clients through the agency, but also freelancing, or they have U.S. clients through the agency, but then also freelancing. Because I've been a freelancer for more than two years now. And to be honest with you, Even though you can, uh, they can check my Upwork, I did not have any U.S. clients or any U.K. clients or any Canada clients. I only, I only have Australian clients. Even though, even all the night shift or or all the night that I've been working as part time, it's all Australian clients. I did not uh, work with U.S. because I tend to, you know, uh, I love Australians. Because they are so kind, <laughs> they are so sweet. So I tend to work with Australian clients instead for full-time and part-time. Actually, I have one last question. And that is, when you were still at the agency and you had lunch together, I can imagine you must be talking about your clients, don't you? You must be comparing stories. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. And the people you met with at lunch, do most of them have Australian clients? Because I can imagine the ones who have US or Canadian clients are working different hours, correct? Yeah, actually, all the Australian and New Zealand clients are working day shifts in that agency, even on on-site. I see. So the agency basically had two shifts. Yeah, correct. So they basically have half of their employees then come at 7 a.m., And leave, what did you say? They leave at, at four. Four. And then the second half of the employees come to the same desks? Um, no, we have, they ha I think they have different equipment and they have different places. I see. So you had your desk and nobody else worked at that desk. Yes, yes. Because, okay. you know, uh, there are a lot of files that, was, uh, that are for my clients and they cannot open it at all. I see. Okay, good. So you had a different part of the building for the US for the night shift. And different softwares. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the US would be using more QuickBooks than Zero. I can imagine among the workforce, it would be much more popular to work for Australian clients because you can work day shift. They can work the day shift, whereas to work for US clients would be a lot tougher. Is the payment then higher for for the night shift? Yeah. That some of my friends uh, considered that's why they are working night shift. I think first that they consider it's too hot during day shift and then they are more productive during night shift. That's the something that I heard with my friends. And the salary, it's more higher than the day shift because there's a night shift differential. There's an extra allowances when you work in night shift in US account than the day shift with our Australian clients. Do you know how much that is? US, I don't have an idea how much they are getting at, but I think it's a huge one, even though they are starting. Because to be honest, it's they mentioned before, it's difficult to get accountants here in the Philippines with the night shift because, because this agency is offering day shift. So why they are going to night shift instead of day shift, something like that. If they want to catch the attention of accountants to work in a night shift, they will gonna offer with a big salary. 
so that they can work in the night shift. I can imagine working night shifts in the Philippines is very difficult because I think very often families live very close together. And so when you have a large family living in a, in a small flat and then somebody is on a night shift and has to sleep during the day, I can imagine that is a nightmare. I, I think it would be impossible to keep the flat quiet for the person to sleep. Most of my friends are renting an apartment so that they can stay there. Yes, and so then they can sleep during the day. Yeah, correct. When you decided to leave the agency, was your client quite disappointed because they they put a lot of training into you. They spent a lot of time training you and then you left. What was their reaction? Of course, they tried to uh, request or not request. They are tried to if I can still stay. They still try to negotiate. They are not disappointed at all. Actually, they are also trying to requesting us if I if we can go back as well. So they are not disappointed because uh, the good thing with my client is they understand everything because we've been honest with them. The real reason is that I want to rest. I want to stay on uh, work from home. I want to stay for the meantime with the family. So they are not disappointed at all. And they are very supportive. Has it happened that clients approach you to hire you directly? So to leave the agency and then to work from home directly for them? Uh, my client is the biggest client of the agency, but they don't do direct. That's unfortunately. But we tried if they want us. They won't do it for security purposes. So they still want the agency for the security purposes so that we won't, you know, We understand them. And of course, it's a little bit hassle on their part because they, we don't have HR. So we are going to solely directly. But there are a lot. <laughs> Just cut this. <laughs> there are some, yeah, working directly. Do you have heard from friends that the clients approached them and then they agreed to leave the agency and work uh, directly? Actually, I don't know who of, who approaches first. I don't know the history but there are some yeah mm. actually even though even in this not particularly with this agency even with the different agency we're not talking about any particular agency but you have heard from people who were working for an agency and then they came to an agreement with their client that they both would leave the agency and then work directly with each other Yeah, there are some, but it's not no particular with this agency that we are talking about. It's really, to be honest, it's mostly most of the agency here in the Philippines that we know doing outsourcing. Some of my friends did that, not particular with this one. Yeah. Yes, yeah, just in general. But for me, I have the biggest client, as I've mentioned, uh, one of the biggest clients of this agency. And we did not ask them directly, hey, they want us to hire us directly. Instead, we, we did not say that because we know that they will going to stay no matter what. So we did not say that we are just waiting if they will going to offer. However, they did not. So we did not, we hesitated also to ask because we know in ourselves that they were going to stay because before I overheard that they tried to ask them to work directly, but the, but the client did not pursue it because, yeah, because of the security purposes of all their financial documents, because in this agency, they are offering 
IT and then they have internal IT and external IT. But if we are going to work directly, we don't have any IT at all aside from their internal IT. So I think that's the one of the reasons for the security purposes as well. But mostly no particular agency. Mostly uh, I heard also that they are working with their direct clients. Quick question, health insurance is the general health care. For the for the health card that they are offering, they are offering this health card without the insurance. This health card, such as if we are going uh, for a checkup, for a laboratory test, accidental, something like that. For the life insurance, we are paying it on our own money. I see. And is there a healthcare system in the Philippines? So are the uh, hospitals public? So if you break your leg, can you just go to any hospital and be treated? Yeah, there is a public hospital for that and there's a it's a supporting by the PhilHealth and also the one that the agency provided is for the private to be honest i've been working with different companies different agency different clients but this agency is one of the best for me because They can give you this kind of discipline when you are working they can give you knowledge that you can't view any Google at all, they can train you. They are providing shuttle services. They are providing a really work-life balance. They will. They won't allow you to do overtimes with them. They're providing um, health card. If I will compare them with different agency, they're offering one of the best perks. So I think as much as possible, I don't want to, you know, they are not perfect. They, they have, you know, they have a lot of lapses in everything in their management internally. But if you look beyond it, if you look what they can offer and what the other can offer, they are one of the best for me because I've been working locally before, as I've mentioned. I don't have any shuttle at all. all. I don't have I, I don't have HMO on the first day. I work overtime up to 12 midnight. I don't have enough pay, uh, pay salary. But with this agency, even though there are a lot of lapses with their management, with something like that, with their issues, but they can still provide a good perks with us, such as HMO, um, such as a huge salary. So I still have the respect and I owe them what I have right now. Because without them, I won't do any freelancing at all. It's all of them, not just with the clients. Because of them, I met a lot of clients in Australia. I met a lot of colleagues. And I learned this, especially the SMSF. And I owe them because they provided salary that I fed for my family. Yeah, I'm getting emotional, but I don't want to speak any ill because they are they are not perfect. We know that. But You know, during those times that I'm trying to earn as much as possible, they are there. Welcome back. Accountants working for labor hire agencies and then leaving to set up their own business seems to be a common scenario. I've had dealings now with three freelancers that had been working for labor hire agencies in Vietnam and the Philippines who then, once they had the experience they needed, left to set up their own business. But of course, this could just as easily happen with staff based in Australia. We all worked in other accounting practices before we set up our own. So it's not an unusual scenario. Now, we will come back to offshoring in episode 363 when we will discuss how you can set up your own team overseas. But for the next two episodes, let's do a quick detour in, into an important court case that has come out, and that is the Carter case. 
let's go through this case with Andrew Henshaw and hear what happened and how this case completely changed the way you can, or even more importantly, can't disclaim trust income for tax purposes. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to Klaus for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.